0: Hello everyone and welcome to another episode of From My Point of View and I I walked downstairs in my house to my basement, the studio where I record my podcast and I totally forgot today was Wednesday and as soon as I sat down to not do my podcast I actually realized it was. So it's not like I'm winging it. I still, I just forgot what day it is, and we're at that point now. I'm sure many other people feel like it in quarantine, where you just all the days are kind of blending together one by one, and it's it's hard to separate <laughs> what days are are what and what's happened in what days because it all feels like so much has blended together over. The past few weeks. But we're going to talk a little bit about the uh, NFL Draft. Last Dance, all that. So, let's get right into it with the NFL Draft. I'm not going team by team and like breaking down every single pick that everyone's made because we'll be here for like an hour and a half. However, I will give my opinions on... Specific teams. So, teams that did really bad. Teams that made controversial picks. Uh, My team with the Giants. And I'll run through uh, the teams that I'm not really too invested in. But I'll give them... This is from Mel Kuyper's ESPN Grading the, the draft for all uh, 32 teams. So he starts with the Ravens. Gives them an A. Colts, A-. minus, Vikings, A-. And the Vikings actually had a, a really interesting draft. They had a lot of late-round picks. The Vikings did. They had... Let's see: three fourth-round picks, two fifth-round picks, two sixth-round picks, and four seventh-round picks. So, and they also had two first-round picks. Actually, they had the twenty-second and the thirty-first. I think they traded for one of those. Yeah, they they obviously traded back for the thirty-first. Uh, I think, unless that I don't know, whatever. Bills, the Buffalo Bills, B plus. Bengals, B+. Plus. Of course, they took Joe Burrow. And they also got T. Higgins in the second round, which is great value. Wide receiver from Clemson. Cleveland Browns, B+. Plus. Cowboys, B+. Plus. Uh, they took CeeDee Lamb and Trevon Diggs in the first two rounds. So CeeDee Lamb was their first overall pick in the, with the 17th pick. And then Trevon Diggs from Bama in the second round. Cardinals, B+. Uh, they took Isaiah Simmons with their first pick, Carolina B, Detroit B, Jaguars B, and the Jaguars lost uh, a lot of defensive players to, uh, pretty. they traded them, you know, they shipped them off, they sh- traded A.J. Bouye, they traded Jalen Ramsey, Um, and a bunch of other guys, Kalyas Campbell I think left in free agency, or he might have been traded, I don't remember which one. But they go defense for their first two picks with the ninth overall pick and the 20th overall pick. They put they took CJ Henderson, cornerback from Florida, and Clavon Chasen, outside linebacker from LSU. He is a monster. I love Cl- uh Clavon Chasen. I thought he was he always like he always seemed to be the guy that I ended up watching on defense whenever I watched LSU play last year or last season. Las Vegas. Raiders disgusting. B. They kind of took a surprise pick with Henry Ruggs over uh, Judy Orlam, but they Ruggs was the first receiver off the board at twelve, and then they. My friend said they reached with Damon Arnett uh, from uh, the cornerback from Ohio State at nineteen. He was projected to be a uh, mid. He was projected to be a late first round pick somewhere in the 20s maybe even early second round he goes 19 to the raiders chargers b they take their new franchise quarterback Justin Herbert Miami dolphins b i think this is a little underselling and i thought the dolphins had a great draft they took Tua they took uh Tua with the 5th pick and then with the 18th pick they took Austin Jackson offensive tackle from USC and then they took not even going to try to pronounce his last name Noah Igben Nogeni. Actually, I did try to pronounce it, and I think Igben Yeah, I don't know. I don't know if that's right, but cornerback from Auburn with their 30th pick, and then a lot of guards. So they went one, two, three offensive linemen, uh, and a top of the line defensive back. So, addressed a lot of needs that they had. Giants, my Giants, B, again, Kuyper gives them a B, but I really liked the Giants draft. I thought they did a great job, specifically in the first three rounds. Uh, they went Andrew Thomas, uh, arguably, I guess, the best offensive tackle in the draft, left tackle from Georgia, and then the second round, they're able to take Xavier McKinney in the, with the... Uh, What's that? The fourth pick in the second round. They took Xavier McKinney. Safety from Alabama. He was projected to be a first-round pick. Uh, False early second round. Right about where they took Landon Collins, also, who happened to be the last safety from Alabama that they took. They go Matt Pert, Offensive tackle. Huge offensive tackle. Six-foot-seven from UConn. Actually, I think it was him. He and Andrew Thomas went to the same camp or same camps a few times I believe and he said they forged a friendship and he's happy that they're both now on the Giants they also took uh last pick that I'm going to talk about for them Shane Lemieux he's a guard from Oregon two-time All-American started something like 58 straight games at right guard I believe or left guard Left guard, because I think Matt Pert's a right tackle, Andrew Thomas is a left tackle. Shane Lemieux is a left guard, I believe. So, durable, reliable, and Oregon had a very good line last year. So, Shane Lemieux, also a good pick at five. The Jets also get a B from Kuyper. They take Makai Becton, uh, offensive tackle from Louisville, and I mentioned he ran like a, I think it was... I don't remember if it was like a 5 1 or like just below like a 5 or whatever it was, but he ran a remarkably fast 40 yard dash for someone who weighs, I think it was like 330 pounds or 340 pounds. They take him with the 11th overall pick. They take Denzel Mims, wide receiver from Baylor, in the second round. So both the Giants and the Jets. Doing the right thing, not surprising anyone, not making any reaches. They take the best offensive tackle available to them at their pick. So I uh, I applaud the Jets and Giants for doing that, making their quarterbacks the number one priority, as they should. So two offensive tackles for the two New York teams. Smart moves, and then they also... Jets get a wide receiver like they needed, and the Giants get a safety, a defensive back like they needed with their second picks. Seattle Seahawks got a B. Tampa Bay Buccaneers got a B. Uh, Taking Tristan, they traded up one pick uh, to take Tristan Wirfs, offensive tackle from Iowa, so they get a tackle in the first round of the draft to. Help protect Tom Brady. Smart move, considering he's like 42 now. And another interesting pick, their second pick in the... or uh, Their first pick in the second round was Antoine Winfield Jr. Very interesting pick because I'm kind of shocked that he's already in the NFL. I can't believe that Antoine Winfield's kid's this old. That being said, Winfield is like 42 now. And he... Retired, I think when he was like 35, I looked it up. It was tw- I thought he played way later, but 2012 he retired when he was 35 years old. He played for a long time. so obviously the pick there was that Antoine Winfield Jr. is going to a Tampa Bay Bucks team with Tom Brady as the quarterback and Tom Brady played several years against Antoine Winfield, even though Winfield was uh, a Viking. For most of his career. So maybe not that often. But he did play against Antoine Winfield. And now his son. Winfield Jr. Is on the same team as Brady. And again. You run with those storylines all day. How great Tom Brady is. His longevity. All these whatever. it's, It's headline stuff. But it is still. As overplayed as a fact like that. Would be. And I didn't watch the second round of the draft, but I'm sure they hammered home the fact that Antoine Winfield Jr. was going to a team with a quarterback who played against his dad. That's perfect ESPN content, if you ask me. Los Angeles Rams and their disgusting new logos that I'm looking at again. B-minus. They didn't have a first-round pick, the Rams. So, tough draft for them, but... Can't, what are you gonna do? It's their their hands are kind of locked. The Eagles B minus. Uh, they took Jalen Regor wide receiver from TCU, with their first pick in the first round, and their second pick, second round, fifty third overall, they took Jalen Hurts. I thought that was kind of shocking, very weird. Um, I saw a very funny Spider-Man meme where they're, like, pointing at each other, and it's, uh, Jalen Hurts and Carson Wentz discussing how their backups both led their teams to championships, and there's that meme, great, solid, solid sports meme, really appreciated that one. Uh, the Steelers, B-minus, Steelers, again, didn't have a first-round pick, they traded, they didn't have a lot of picks at all, they had, uh, one pick in every round except the fifth, so they had a second One pick in the second, one pick in the third, two picks in the fourth, a pick in the sixth, and a pick in the seventh. So not a whole lot of drafting done by the Steelers this year, but I'm sure one of those guys they drafted is going to turn out to be an absolute stud because they usually hit on at least one of their draft picks, regardless if they didn't have a first-round pick. Doesn't matter. One of these guys is going to be great. This this Chase, Chase Claypool, wide receiver from Notre Dame, they took with the 49th pick overall. I mean, he's he's probably going to be a stud, pro bowler next year. San Francisco 49ers, B-. minus. They replaced Debr- uh, DeForest Buckner. I almost said DePriker Ferguson. DeForest Buckner with Javon Kinlaw, defensive tackle from South Carolina. Drafted him with the 14th overall pick. So they swap out um, DeForest Buckner with Javon Kinlaw. So they, again, they keep their... Entire defensive line being first round picks intact. Chicago Bears, C plus. Yeah, not sure really what was happening here with the Bears. Denver Broncos, C plus. Uh, aside, I can't speak to anything that they drafted afterwards, but their first round pick was Jerry Judy. Thought that was an excellent pick. They now have Jerry Judy, Cortland Sutton on the outside as their two receivers. Uh, they signed Melvin Gordon to be their halfback and now they got their they're all in on their franchise quarterback with Drew Luck. So I like the Jerry Judy pick. And if we're just narrowing it down to first round picks, uh I think that they did a good job. <laughs> Texans C plus. Texans traded away a lot of their picks, which is crazy because they literally traded DeAndre Hopkins, but all their picks kind of got negated. It's ridiculous, and they're pathetic. Kansas City Chiefs, C+, they kind of made a shocking pick with their first pick, the 32nd overall pick, last pick in the first round. Clyde Edwards-Hilaire, the running back from LSU, taken in front of guys like Swift, DeAndre Swift from Georgia. Uh, I, I think that shocked a lot of people, but he's shifty. He's he's like a Darren Sproles-esque. Like He'll fit nicely into the Chiefs the Chiefs' offense, because the Chiefs don't run the ball a lot. They're not a run-heavy team, obviously, but Edwards Hilaire is definitely, he'll be good enough to be a part of their offense. Like, again, he's not even going to be the primary back. So to go into that environment, I mean, hell yeah, I think that's a great place to go if you're him. You go from a winner to a winner, from the national champs, to the Super Bowl champs, I mean best case scenario for him, honestly. Patriots C plus, um, yeah, whatever. I don't even know half the guys that they took. Uh, again, another team with not without a first round pick. New Orleans Saints C plus, uh, only four picks the entire draft for the Saints, so not a whole lot of drafting done. They had a first round pick. They took a center from Michigan, uh, two third. Picks, they took an outside linebacker and a tight end. And then a 7th round pick, they took Tommy Stevens, quarterback from Mississippi State. Tennessee Titans, C+. Plus. Washington Redskins, C+. Plus. Uh, of course, they took Chase Young with the 2nd overall pick. Atlanta Falcons, C. Uh, they took A.J. Terrell, cornerback from Clemson. A lot of people felt like that was a little bit of a reach too. He was taking 16th overall Probably expected, I think, to go uh, a little later teens, early 20s. Who knows? I think he's a good I think it's a good pick. He was solid at Clemson. Um, or he was great at Clemson, actually. I shouldn't even just say solid. He was great. Green Bay Packers, C. And this is a team, of course, that made headlines because with their first round pick, the 26th pick overall, they take Jordan Love, the quarterback from Utah State. It's not even Utah, right? Utah State, yeah. Um, and here's where I really want to discuss things because the Packers have gone, I don't even know, six, seven, however many drafts without taking an offensive player in the first round. And there is an insane stat I want to try and find. Career touchdowns touchdown passes to first round picks. And listen to this list everybody, please. Drew Brees. Well, let's let's organize it cuz it's very it's all very mumbled. Um Peyton Manning, 293. Brett Favre, 127. Tom Brady, 105. Drew Brees, 104. Dan Marino, 84. Philip Rivers, 35. Ben Roethlisberger, 69. Aaron Rodgers, 1. Aaron Rodgers has thrown a career touchdown pass to one first round pick, Mercedes Lewis, in 2019. He wasn't even the Packers' first round pick. Now, that is, you look at it like, okay, he's had great receivers. It doesn't matter that they're not first-round picks, right? He had Greg Jennings. He has, currently, Devontae Adams. He's had good, reliable receivers. Uh, Jordy Nelson, Randall Cobb, of course. I can't forget about them. I almost did, I know. But he's had good receivers, just not first-round picks. Which, it's not about necessarily the talent, but it's about the Packers' willingness to even draft offensive players to surround Aaron Rodgers with. For many years, pretty much since winning the Super Bowl, they have really been about, hey, Aaron can can carry this team. He is that elite. And he did for a long time. The Packers were... Competitive, year in and year out, making the playoffs, making Super Bowl runs, because of Aaron Rodgers. He is an elite football talent, an all-time great. But when you use your first-round pick on an offensive player for the first time in years, and you take Another quarterback. A project, by the way. Jordan Love is not some highly... Ta- he's It's not like an Aaron Rodgers situation. And by that, I mean... Brett Favre was around 34, 35 years old. Same shit, pretty much. When they drafted Aaron Rodgers. Now, Aaron Rodgers, coming out of Cal, was a... A talented prospect. Everyone knew he had the talent and... Again, I'm still not really sure why he slipped in the draft. Apparently, it was because maybe his attitude or whatever, which, I mean, we've seen over the past couple years unfold, that, yeah, he does have a little bit of an attitude. Um, Certainly holds grudges. So he slipped down to the Packers, and the Packers drafted him. Brett Favre was not happy. Him and Aaron Rodgers did not get along. When Brett Favre retired... He retired and the Packers gave the reins over to Aaron Rodgers. When Brett Favre wanted to come back, they said, no, we're with Aaron now. And Brett Favre, to spite them, went to the Vikings. We all know we know all of that, right? Aaron Rodgers is not Brett Favre. He's not going to retire and then come back and, and all have that whole situation happen, right? When Aaron Rodgers retires, it'll be for good. But you are going to have to pry the football from his cold, dead hands. It's not, like, he doesn't get hit a whole lot. He's able to avoid big hits, avoid contacts, even when he gets sacked. He's a smart quarterback. Great quarterbacks are smart in that way as they get older. Even when they do get sacked, uh, they're able to avoid the big hit. Aaron Rodgers is 35 years old. He's an elite 35 year old. Now the Packers, especially last this past year, they've done they did a great job with it. Were able to kind of lift the load off of him a little bit. Aaron Jones was absolutely phenomenal for the Packers last year. It and the more specifically, the Packers defense has been very very good for the past few years now. Past two or three years, they've been getting better and better, and even and last year they were very good. So you have a great defense, you have a good running back. Devonta Adams was hurt, he missed like, I think five or six games, right? So you have all this, why not go and get another offensive weapon? Your offensive line's good, why not go and get another offensive weapon for Aaron Rodgers? Instead, you take a work-in-progress quarterback. It's pretty disrespectful that the Packers would do this to Aaron Rodgers. Now it could not it could not be a big deal. Uh, I mean, I think it already is because everyone was pretty shocked that of all teams the Packers would take Jordan love. It just doesn't seem like a, a reasonable move, you know like that was probably the biggest head scratcher the entire draft like i get your it's a contingency plan because rodgers is uh he's actually 36 now i thought he was 35 he's 36 even if rodgers plays for four more years till he's 40 and then hangs it up then it works out like if things don't get sour between the Packers and Aaron Rodgers, and they like are fully committed to him, and I mean I think it would be stupid if it was like a Tom Brady situation, you know, where Aaron Rodgers gets hurt, Jordan loves comes in, and Aaron Rodgers never sees the field again. I don't believe that's ever gonna happen. First of all, Aaron Rodgers won't miss a game. The guy plays through injuries like no one's business. He he just he doesn't want to sit out unless you know something's broken or significantly torn like he's not going to sit out so I don't think there's any chance of that happening as long as it doesn't turn sour so the Packers have to be careful with their relationship with Rodgers from now into the foreseeable future because of this pick And I'm uh, I'm interested to see how that relationship will work out. If Rogers is going to treat Love the same way that Favre treated him, or if he's going to kind of take the high road and really mentor him and kind of groom him for when he's he's done playing football. Who knows? Okay, the Last Dance episodes three and four were about the rivalry between the Pistons and the Bulls and let me tell you Jordan still does not like the Pistons. He he hates them, man. It is crazy. Like he really just fucking despises Detroit. Um and it's you know, it's definitely not healthy. It's definitely not healthy to to hold a grudge over you know, players you played against 30 years ago, but I respect the hell out of it and I love it. And they talked a lot about Dennis Rodman and how Rodman was on the Bulls, and he took like he took uh, like a leave of absence to go. He's like, I gotta go to Vegas, Phil. I gotta go to Vegas. He lets him go to Vegas with Carmen Electra, who, by the way, looks stunning still. Um, <laughs> and it-, it was just a really interesting episode like Dennis Rodman is he's fascinating man I anything Dennis Rodman related Dennis Rodman content is just it's it's really just interesting media you know it's just fascinating to watch like the guy does all of this and then Jordan Pippen are telling stories about how uh he, he's like a machine. They know he goes out and parties and drinks and uh, gets really like fucked up. He goes out with a lot of women, all that stuff. Yet, he comes to, to practice, he comes to work ready to play and ready to work out every single time. It's just so bizarre to think that that's like a, I don't know, man. It's just so weird. It's so weird. To think that he's... Like, how how that works for him. I don't know. I've played basketball hungover. It It's fucking terrible. I, I don't know. Maybe he doesn't get hungover. I have no idea how that works. And Rodman... Hearing everyone talk about Rodman's love for Michael Jordan is so funny. And then he's just like, oh, I respected Michael Jordan. I respected Michael Jordan. But everyone's like, No, he loved Michael Jordan. Loved him like he wanted to be Michael Jordan's guy, like his number one guy. And then he like felt bad when Scottie Pippen came back, and that's why he had to go to Vegas. Oh man, it was a great episode. It was a one. It was a wonderful episode. Um, one of the quotes of the uh, of the night: Ron Harper, when he was on the Cavs, uh, when he found out that Craig ELO was gonna guard Jordan. On the final possession, he said, Yeah, okay, whatever. Fuck this bullshit. <laughs> uh, great quote. He knew, what, clearly, he knew what was going to happen, and it did. Jordan hit that shot over Elo to beat the Cavs. And then you have uh, last week they talk about the early playoff exits against the Celtics, and then they lose back to back years to the Pistons, who end up winning the championship, and then they come back. After weight training, they all wait talking about all of them weight training the bad boys made them actually start working out instead of just relying on their athleticism. and uh they swept the Pistons in the conference finals, I think. Uh, and I think Isaiah Thomas said that was the only time he believes that he was swept in any playoff series like ever. Another great um, quote of the night was Jordan uh, Jordan's original reluctance to adapt the triangle offense from Phil Jackson saying, he's like, I know getting everyone the ball. He's like, I don't want Bill Cartwright, Bill Cartwright shooting the ball or having the ball in his hands and taking a shot with five seconds left. He's like, that's not sharing the ball. That's fucking bullshit, and that's a. I mean, uh, that's an all-time Jordan quote, and a lot of the reactions on on Twitter I see now also are, this isn't like a PG anything held back kind of documentary. ESPN is airing the explicit version. There's a there's a censored version on ESPN2, but uh, there are no censors on ESPN when they're airing this documentary. And Jordan, Pippen, uh, Horace Grant, calling the Pistons little bitches. That was great. Um, but all these guys were... Now, I wasn't alive till Jordan last couple years with the Bulls. Um, So I'm not really going to – I can't count me saying, like, oh, I've seen Jordan play. Like, no, I was two when they won their last championship. But people are like, well, he used to be, you know, smile, kind, you know, a gentleman not making headlines for the wrong reasons because he had all these endorsements with Gatorade and Nike and Haynes and or whatever fruit of uh, fruit of loom Haynes both. I don't know. I know Haynes is one of them. So, but now because he's not, and he's like a billionaire already, he's kind of letting it fly with the censors and stuff. And a lot of people apparently have never heard Michael Jordan really swear so it's good to see this kind of side of him because you can't really trust people who don't swear. It's just, it's weird. It's fucking weird. Um, they like the fact that Jordan's kind of just letting it fly. And he's saying, fuck, shit, bullshit, all that stuff. Uh, and it is cool. I, I mean, I always like seeing athletes swear. I always feel like it's makes them human, you know, humanize them a little bit. But episodes three and four were fantastic, fantastic. And I didn't see, I actually, I shut it off like an idiot um, before the previews of episodes five and six. So I'm not sure what it's about, but ESPN tweeted out a picture of Kobe, a young Kobe and Jordan. So I'm thinking maybe we might start getting into the Kobe talk. Um, about Jordan and his relationship with Kobe Bryant, because I know Kobe's in this documentary. it's been confirmed already that Kobe Bryant is in this documentary and uh, never before seen footage and all that. So that's going to be very you know bittersweet to see him uh, new new content from him. But it's going to be I, I whenever he comes on the screen, I'm very excited. So I don't actually know what episodes five and six are going to be on, but they'll be electric regardless. This documentary is, I mean, it's it's amazing. Like if you haven't seen it yet, for whatever reason, please, please go and watch it. Uh, it's on ESPN Plus, but. They missed, I think you can, is it on watch ESPN? You might be able to just like watch it. I don't even know if you need ESPN plus. I don't know. It's really good. If you're, if you're late to the party, you might as well just start watching it, um, on TV. They usually air the last two episodes before, before the two new episodes. So you can watch two and three and then three and four or else, excuse me, uh, Three and four, and then next week, five and six, all in a row for four hours, if you want to catch up like that. But I encourage you to find a way to watch this, because it's, it's so fascinating to watch, really. It really is. That'll do it for me on this episode of From My Point of View. Thank you all for listening, as per usual, Um. Stay safe. I'll talk to you guys next Wednesday.